Good morning to all of you here this morning. Um, a number of you I haven't seen for the last couple of months. Um, some of you I've seen a little bit more frequently than that, but uh, it's certainly good to be here this morning. And I also want to welcome those that aren't here with us, but are joining us remotely. I don't know for certainty, but I, you know, if I were to ask you, what do you believe is the most familiar passage of scripture or verse, verse or verses in scripture? I'm just curious what would go through your mind or what comes to mind? John 3.16, Psalm 23. You know, I'm going to be looking at the 23rd Psalm this morning. I do think that Psalm 23 may be the most uh, most popular passage of scripture. It's certainly the most popular psalm, but when you think about it, it's just so familiar, and certainly within the, and then beyond Christians even, like within the Jewish culture, it would be prominent as well. And so it is a, a beautiful and, uh, and familiar psalm. And, you know, it's, it's such a simple, elegant, profound and a striking imagery of who God is and who we are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's packed into six simple verses. And it's also such a universal psalm. Often we see it quoted around death or in funerals and so forth. But it is, it's pretty much, it's one of those psalms that it doesn't matter what we're going through, we can identify with some aspect of that psalm. And, uh, and to me, that's just powerful. And, and I don't think it's a, no, there's not a coincidence that the imagery of sheep and a shepherd are used uh, because that's just a beautiful analogy. Uh, and it's an imagery that we see throughout scripture. In fact, I'd say it's one of the most frequently used analogies between God and his people is that of sheep and a shepherd. We see that vividly in the prophets and obviously, you know, this psalm and in the New Testament, then the analogy is used in the church as well. The Latin word that is transliterated or, you know, if you literally uh, transliterated to the word pastor means shepherd. And the congregation is at times referred to as a flock. And then pastors are also instructed to shepherd the flock and that they're under shepherds uh, in the church. Sheep are interesting creatures. Uh, and it's not a coincidence, like I said, that, that we, the people, are compared to sheep. Sheep do a very poor job in caring for themselves. Um, Philip Keller, in his book um, about um, Shepherd Looked at Psalm 23, says that more than any other class of livestock, Sheep requires endless attention and meticulous care. And so that in and of itself uh, tells us a little bit something. And sheep's behavior is not unlike that of us humans. Several of their characteristics, they have mob instincts. They tend to follow the crowd without paying much attention of where they're going. Uh, they just go. They are uh, timid and fearful at times. They're stubborn. It's difficult to get a sheep to change its mind. Um, in fact, shepherds would characterize sheep as stupid as well. Uh, and that's not much of a compliment to us. 
but they don't learn easily, and they often think that they know best. And, and so that's the imagery, that's, that's the description that we have of being God's sheep. And then we have the shepherd. You know, the first three, the first uh, five words of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. God is the shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. And while there's not overt, clear descriptions about God throughout the psalm, as he describes how he cares for the sheep, it is certainly a reflection of the character of God. When Jesus came, then he declared himself not only the shepherd, but he calls himself the good shepherd twice in John 10. John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And so this imagery reveals the love and care uh, that our Savior Jesus Christ has for each one of us. Isaiah 40, and throughout the prophets, there's a lot of descriptive terms, but 40 verse 11, Isaiah 40, it says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And that, I think, just gives a beautiful picture of, of the shepherd caring for these sheep. I've entitled the message this morning, Our Good Shepherd. And he's the one that provides and protects us in any situation that we find ourselves. It's a familiar psalm. There's a handful of us here this morning. And uh, let's just recite uh, Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <clears throat> Thank you. I've divided this psalm into two parts, and we're going to be looking at this verse by verse down through here. But uh, as I was studying this, two primary things came out. The first three verses, it seems to be about God's provision for us. And then the last three verses is about his protection. And so that's, that's kind of the lens through which I want to look at this this morning. So our good shepherd provides, and he starts out, you know, with the idea that, the, well, he states the fact, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, and with that, he sets the context. He doesn't say that we're the sheep or anything like that, but it, it's a prayer or it's, it's a statement to God the, or just a statement. The Lord is my shepherd. And, you know, for me, and this week as I was thinking about this and this psalm was going through my mind, whether you're in your bed, 
before you go to sleep at night or as soon as you wake up in the morning, just contemplating those five simple words is it's just worth thinking about that again and again and again. I, I don't think we can ever, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, just think about that. And, and those are in, incredible words to wake up to and go to sleep on each and every day. He is responsible for me. He's caring for me. He's watching out for me. He wants what is best for me. Jesus is my good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Our needs are supplied. Um, it doesn't say that uh, all our wants are supplied, but it does say, but there's not anything that we will be in want of, that we will need. Last week, Ivan reminded us from the letter of Philippians that God has promised to supply all our needs. And again, it's our needs, it's not our wants, but he has promised that he's going to supply. And this is simply just stating that promise in another way. It's restating it. I shall not want. All my needs are supplied. And with that is a unstated fact, if you will, of contentment. If all our needs are supplied, it just simply means that we are content. Um, and so this carries with it the idea of, of contentment. It may not be exactly the way that we think that we'd want it to be, but we have the confidence, we have the assurance that our needs are supplied by the Good Shepherd. So our Good Shepherd also provides, as he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's another, this is another picture of, of his provision for us. Just picture a lush green field with sheep resting, lying comfortably uh, around the field. Sheep will not lie down unless they are completely at ease and free of any form of stress. They just won't. They can't. They, if they're, they can't be hungry or thirsty, they can't be bothered by pests, they can't be scared of predators, and there can't be this any tension or rivalry between the sheep, which can happen as well. And so a picture of, of sheep lying down in green pastures indicates a just completely being at ease and, and comfortable with the shepherd's care for them. And, and the good shepherd is inviting us to lie down, to relax, because he's making sure that we're taken care of. And in my mind, this is the picture, this is the environment of just unhurried meditation, of prayer, of simply basking in and relaxing in the care and the provision of our Good Shepherd. He leads beside still waters. Sheep, like most animals, need water to survive. And when sheep get thirsty, they get restless. Since they're poor swimmers, they're going to avoid the rushing streams or rivers. Thirsty sheep will actually drink from mud puddles and stagnant pools, other stagnant and polluted sources, rather than risk falling into a rushing river of fresh water. And when they do, they get risk getting parasites and so forth. But a good shepherd anticipates their thirst and will lead them to sources of pure water throughout the day. And there's several sources of pure water that, of still waters, if you will, 
Heavy dew on the grass in the morning is one source of water. Quiet streams or deep wells that they can dip water out for these. And so the question is, where do we as believers, where do we as sheep quench our spiritual thirst? God's word is pure water. Stagnant and polluted water is abundant all around us, and it may be appealing to quench our thirst quickly, but and it may be inconsequential at the moment, but there's going to be, end up having miserable results later if we do that in trying to satisfy our thirst with something other than the pure water of God's word. He restores our soul. Um, you know, restoration is only necessary when something is no longer in its original condition. Uh, you don't restore something new. You restore something old or used or whatever. And, and this simplifies turning back uh, is what the Hebrew word here means. Buzzards will start circling quickly when they see a sheep on its back. Uh, this is known as cast sheep. And sheep have very short legs compared, proportional to their bodies. And when they roll over on their back, they can't get back up without help. Uh, they'll lie there flailing their legs and they're, they're helpless. And left in that condition, it's just a matter of hours until they die. And so the, the vultures and the buzzards know that. And a shepherd needs to stay alert to help the stranded and helpless sheep back on his feet. It's not necessarily the weak sheep that is cast because there are several causes. It can be a nice soft place they're choosing to lay down and there's a little hollow in the ground and boom, first thing you know, they're on their back. It might be a heavyweight coat of wool with accumulations of dirt and briars and thistles and so forth that ends up causing them to be top-heavy. Or they may be an unhealthy, unfit kind of sheep as well. But thinking about it from, our, from a spiritual perspective, those are all you know the comforts, the um, accumulation of, of things that are weighting us down, uh, and unhealthy or unfit uh, sheep. We all need to be careful that we aren't cast sheep. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 warns us, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he is stands take heed lest he fall. The good shepherd is alert to these cast sheep and who need to be restored, and none of us are exempt. We will all probably need to be restored multiple times throughout our life. I mean, we will at times need, need assistance from our shepherd to get back up. He leads in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The shepherd leads the sheep to new pastures and manages the grazing. And uh, so this requires a shepherd to make sure to move on to fresh pastures before the sheep start wandering off. And sheep are creatures of habit. They're going to follow the same trails. And eventually these trails over enough time will form ruts and eventually even gullies. Um, and in the Middle East, Shepherds are moving their flocks along trails to higher elevations for summer grazing. And shepherds are out with their flock of sheep for several months over the summer without returning home because they're that far away from home. But the shepherd knows where he wants to take the sheep for good grazing, and he's guiding them to a destination. And so in a similar way, our good shepherd is leading or guiding us on right paths to a destination that he knows 
about and that he wants to take us to. The paths of righteousness are the ability to think rightly, to live rightly, to follow rightly, and decide rightly. And uh, maybe boiling it down, it's just simply doing the right things uh, is the paths of righteousness. So, so the Good Shepherd provides, there's five things here, all our needs, uh, the green pastures of God's word, still waters of spiritual refreshment, restoring those who need help, and he guides us or leads us to higher elevations for good pastures. But then the second half of this psalm, he also protects us. He doesn't simply provide for us, but he also protects us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. To get to these higher elevations for grazing requires walking through some scary valleys, with some strange shadows. And I, you know, I, I'm curious how many of you have thought about what when you read this, thinking of this more as the valley of death versus the valley of the shadow of death. It's not the valley of death. It is the valley that has shadows that look like death. And shadows aren't real. They're blocking the light. They're creating these images and things. They look like something that they're not. I had to think back of a story in the Lori Engel Wilder books, and I don't remember the details of it, but um, where Pa was coming home from town after dark, and he saw this bear in his path, and he was trying to figure out how he's going to get around this bear to get on home. Well, it ended up that it was only a tree stump with strange shadows. And there really wasn't a bear there at all. But that, I think, gives us a picture of what the psalmist is describing here, is that as you're walking through a valley, there's, there's shadows. And it can be a little bit scary. It can hide unknown dangers and predators. But when the shepherd has scouted out the path and is leading his flock to, uh, to this higher elevation, he's leading them through the shadows that he's first made safe, sure is safe for the sheep. And in a lot of ways, I think this verse captures kind of what we're walking through right now with, these, with the COVID-19 crisis. We're walking through a valley with some strange COVID-19 shadows right now. We don't know exactly what it all means, but we do know who's leading us through this. It's our good shepherd guiding us through these strange and maybe even scary shadows, but he is leading us through you know we're not going to stay there and he's going when we exit into the sunlight we're going to get get uh past this valley of of strange shadows and and we will at some point exit here and there's no need to be scared or petrified or of the unknown and spooky shadows that we now see we don't have anything to fear because the good shepherd is with us and he's protecting each one of us. He's leading the way. When we're surrendered to the care of our good shepherd, we don't need to fear. Fear is not of God. Rather, we can and should look forward with anticipation for where he's taking us and what he wants to next provide for us. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Another form of protection by our good shepherd. There, these two uh, 
the rod and staff are the shepherd's primary instruments and weapons. The rod is a short club custom made from the base of a sapling that a shepherd has carved and, and made for, him, for himself. He practices throwing it with great accuracy. It's an extension of the shepherd's arm in a lot of ways. He uses it for discipline, to throw it, to stop a sheep from doing something harmful, or even as protection to ward off predators. I suspect a rod or this club is what King David used to fight off the lion and the bear. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but I suspect. So this is something that's very key to a, a shepherd. The other uh, tool is a staff, and it's the signature about six feet long with a crook at the end. And this is really only an instrument that's useful with sheep. It's useful in steering the sheep, it's in, used in drawing them together. It can be used to pull a sheep out for closer inspection by the shepherd. And really for the sheep, it feels like it's the shepherd's touch on them because feeling that staff is a way of knowing that the shepherd is, is right there and is touching them. And over time, these tools become a great source of comfort for the sheep because they know that it's, they're only being used for their good and for their protection. Spiritually speaking, the rod, I believe, is like the word of God. For 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. God's word has multiple uses, but they're all to help us grow. And then the Holy Spirit, uh, I think, is what the staff is. And it's notice the word comfort here. The Holy Spirit is described as the comforter. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in his name, he will teach you all things and bring you into your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then chapter 16, verse 15, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will declare to you the things that are to come. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I suspect most of us picture a banquet table set with fine china, and goblets, and a five-course meal when we read this verse, but I don't think that that's what it's referring to given the context. As I stated earlier, shepherds take their flocks to the higher elevations to feed in the summer months. Table is likely to referring to a plateau in the mountains with summer grazing. With good, that they can stay there for a good while in the summer. And all along, the shepherd is leading his flock to this specific destination, not aimlessly wandering through the dark and shadowy valleys to see where they'll eventually end up. In fact, the shepherd will probably have gone in advance and scouted and prepared these high elevation pastures in advance to make sure he has eliminated potential dangers or at least reduced them to this summer pasture to be one of nourishment and growth for the season that we're in. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, one of the threats to sheep is insect pests and parasites. They're pesky insects that can torment a sheep to a point that they will not relax and hold still. But a generous application of a concoction of linseed oil and other ingredients applied to the head of a sheep 
does wonders and gives almost instant relief from buzzing flies. The parasites and other diseases can also be transmitted pretty easily if the sheep aren't treated with a oil-based treatment. And you know, uh, for us, even if we are safe from the large predators, there's the constant threat of contamination of, from the world and sin. It's a danger to believers. It can be pesky. Um, it can be easily uh, spread if it's left untreated. And the, our good shepherd is ready to give us regular anointing of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And if we feel that torment or that restlessness of sin, our good shepherd will intervene to take away the threat. There's simply never a shortage of protection regardless of what we're facing. Our cups are full and are of blessing and contentment. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is a grand finale here and David shifts his focus from the present to the future with absolute certainty. Our good shepherd's goodness and mercy will continue. God is good. God is merciful nothing's going to ever change these realities. God is my shepherd, and uh, he's our good shepherd. We simply need to trust him. Philip Keller in his books makes this statement, I realize that for the one who truly is in Christ's care, no difficulty can arise, no dilemma emerge, no seeming disaster descend on the life without eventual good coming out of the chaos. That's an incredible promise. Not only will it God's goodness and mercy continue, it will follow me. And it's not like we're pulling a wagon behind us with God's mercies and goodness. Follow me has the idea of a relentless pursuit, of chasing, of hunting down, of pursuing. Um, and so here, this, this bold and beautiful statement is that God's goodness is chasing after us to overtake us all the days of my life, now and into the future. And uh, that's just incredible beautiful and boastful statement about our shepherd. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a picture of a sheep that is so absolutely satisfied in its lot in life, so fully content with the care of their shepherd. There's not a shred of desire to be anywhere else than where they are. And that's ultimate security, to be in the house of the shepherd always. Dwell means here to inhabit, to establish residence, to settle into. The house of the Lord is not a building, it's not a place, but it's the family or household or flock of the Good Shepherd. We can be proud that we're in the care of the Good Shepherd. We belong to Jesus Christ, we belong to his flock, his family, his household forever. What's interesting, when David penned these words, he didn't know who Jesus is, he didn't know what Jesus said in John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Many people, when they read these verses, visualize heavenly mansions with streets of gold. I don't know that David would have necessarily thought about it that way. He wouldn't have thought about a heavenly city because his eyes were on the shepherd, not the place. And I think for us today as well, I don't believe it's so much about where we will be, but it's with whom we will be and we'll be there for all eternity. So our good shepherd protects as we go through the valley with strange shadows, with his rod and staff, 
by preparing summer plateaus, ridding pesky distractions and disease by pursuing with goodness and mercy and allowing us to dwell in his presence for all eternity. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. Our good shepherd provides. Our good shepherd protects. And we don't have to fear the shadows and unknown dangers, but confidently follow our good shepherd through any situation we face to the destiny that God has prepared for us now and eternity. I'll turn it to that to Nate.